you've got to tithe all that and they terrified the law of God you're not allowed to heal on the Sabbath because that's doctor's work so Jesus you're working on the Sabbath and you're not to do it and they made a code of the law of God and they put themselves between the soul and God they'd inserted themselves in a position that had not been given them by God there was no ground for that position that these were going to be the mediators between God and man there was no commission in scripture for that and yet that's what they'd done and that is where we come to that's a bit of background number one the break between the Israelite rulers the Jewish rulers and Jesus and the uh, wrong authority that they had arrogated to themselves to stand between souls and God second bit of background I'm going to try and be quick I'm going to read some bits of Ezekiel 34 remember um, the psalmist of course you remember the psalmist the Lord Jehovah is my shepherd hello Okay, so the concept of God being a shepherd in Israel owning the sheep what does a shepherd do? I guess um, he frequently would own the sheep he would care for the sheep he would bind them up he would feed them he would heal them he would protect them he would know them he looks after the sheep the Lord is my shepherd I don't have any need the concept of God being shepherd was already in their psyche. I just want to read quickly to you some verses from Ezekiel 34. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus saith the Lord, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? It goes on. My sheep wandered through all the mountains, my flock was scattered none of you did search for them or seek after them verse 7 of of Ezekiel 34 therefore ye shepherds hear the word of the Lord as I live surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became meat to every beast in the field because there was no shepherd neither did my shepherds search for my flock but they fed themselves oh therefore therefore oh you shepherds hear the word of the Lord thus saith the Lord God behold I am against the shepherds I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock I will deliver my flock I will both search my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered so will I seek out my sheep I will bring them out from the people gather them from the countries will bring them to their own land feed them upon the mountains good pasture bring again that which was driven away I will bind up that which was broken shepherd was the vet on call the vet on hand if the, if the sheep had a broken leg instead of he bind it up and heal it you understand and so God is saying that it's my flock strengthen that which was sick I'll destroy the fat and the strong feed them with judgment that you my flock saith the Lord God behold I judge between cattle and cattle 
it goes on and the other so I just that's the other bit of context already in the minds of the Jews the concept that God is shepherd and in that context Messiah is shepherd it was already in their psyche okay so with those two bits of context the man being cast out and the their their knowledge of um, God being shepherd can we read chapter 10 or the first bit of John's gospel we'll perhaps go to the end of chapter 9 some of the Pharisees were nearby verse 40 of chapter 9 of John and heard this so they said we're blind too are we verse 41 if you were blind replied Jesus you wouldn't be guilty of sin but now because you say we can see your sin remains he who speaks a word against the son of man shall be given him it shall be forgiven him if they were blind if they were like these people that they referred to the ignorant the unschooled if they really were like that what Jesus calls babes I thank thee O God that thou hast revealed these things to babes the ignorant and hid them from the wise and prudent the skilled in the law the ones that sat in Moses' seat and said we know that this man is a sinner so don't listen to him that okay for Jesus it was the blind and those that say they can see in this passage the ones that were blind they were babes um if you were like babes, it, it wouldn't be a problem. Your rejection of him might have been due to you being deceived. It might have been due to you being seduced by other things because you didn't know. You were blind. If you were blind, it would have been better for you. But now you say, I see. And that was a problem. They were the wise and prudent. They were the ones who'd studied the law. But in studying the law, they'd taken the key away and they hadn't entered into the kingdom themselves and they wouldn't let the others enter in they put blocks in the way so this was the final sundering the final division after this it was a few months until the crucifixion and the rest of, the, of, of John's gospel goes into how Jesus uh, readies his own disciples for that um, trauma for them, a great trauma, being separated from the one that they thought was going to save them. Of course, he does save them, but it all went wrong in their understanding. And he was preparing them, building their faith. Okay, so, we get to chapter 10 then. If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. But now you say, we see. They've been saying that all through the previous passage. We know, we know, we're the ones that are telling you. Chapter 10. I'm telling you the solemn truth, said Jesus. It looks like, very much like to me, it's the same crowd of Pharisees whom he is addressing. Doesn't it do? It runs straight on. I'm telling you the solemn truth, said Jesus. Anyone who doesn't come into the sheepfold by the gate, but gets in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. But the one who comes in through the gate is the sheep's own shepherd the doorkeeper will open for him and the sheep hear his voice he calls his own sheep by name 
and leads them out. When he has brought out all that belong to him, he goes on ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the stranger's voice. All right, now that's a passage that's very familiar to us. Or we might just read the next verse. Jesus spoke this parable, verse 6, to them, but they didn't understand what he was saying to them. The sheepfold. Can I offer you this suggestion? That the sheepfold is the uh, theocracy of Israel. What should have been all God's sheep. But we find in it that not all the sheep in the sheepfold, not all the people in Israel are God's flock. They don't all belong to him. That's the first thing we find. Second thing, that there are other people that get in some other way. The gate is the ordained way. And God has made a gate in Scripture. When the Messiah comes, when the shepherd comes, he will do these things. He will fulfill these prophecies. He will act in these ways. And there is a forerunner, the porter, that opens to him. Which is exactly what John did. That John went before him, it says in chapter 1, so that all might believe. He was the porter. He's saying, this is he. Can I, for the young people here, you need to understand the picture. In those lands, now this is well documented. Um, this is, everybody knows this. So we're just going to say it again because it's good. In those, in those places, a few sheep, not thousands of sheep like um, in a sheep station here. We have friends who are in a sheep station. If the sheep's sick, they take a hammer, and they, they put a hammer through its head. End of story. They haven't got a sheep, a sick sheep any longer. Okay. But it's not like that in the East. They're precious possessions. Um, even up to recently. And the, they, and the sheep would go with the shepherd at night for safekeeping from, I guess, robbers and um, wild animals. They'd be brought into an enclosure. You've all heard this, haven't you? Called a sheep fold, a wall, and the gate barred. The shepherds would go off home and they'd leave the care of the sheep in the hands of a porter. Somebody who looked after the door. He was the lowest servant. John, the servant, the lowest servant. In the morning they'd come back and they'd take the sheep out and take them to pasture. How? Well, they didn't come up over the wall. Only thieves and robbers did that. So if there were other people in there who didn't come in through the gate, it was because they had some stratagem, a thief, and some violence, a robber, to lay hold of the sheep that weren't theirs. Pharisees. They were thieves and robbers. God hadn't put them in the position that they had arrogated to themselves. He hadn't said, now I want you to be mediators and tell me. Not a bit of it. And there had been no porter opening to them. There had been no scriptural preparation for the appearance of a sect of rabbis or a sect of Pharisees to say, well now we're going to tell you what God wants. No scriptural um, commission for that at all. But for the coming of the Messiah... Jesus met all the prophecies. The rabbis had 6,000 Old Testament scriptures that were prophecies about the coming Messiah. 
to him the porter opens John the Baptist said it's him (laughs) he's the one he opened the door okay and interestingly how does he get hold of his sheep what work does he have to do if he were a robber he'd have to get hold of them and manhandle them and wrestle with them and throw them up over the wall because they're his sheep they hear his voice as he appeared they said it's him do you remember in the early days when the when uh, we have those first disciples uh, and Nathaniel as soon as they saw him as soon as they heard him as soon as they received John's testimony about him they were gone here's the Christ let's go they were his sheep so there's this divergence between Israelite externally and those who are my sheep can we go back to our passage um so that's, that's how that parable works that's how the, the sheepfold works and what Jesus was saying was that you Pharisees you're in here to feed yourselves to steal what's not yours my sheep and they won't go with you because my sheep will respond to my voice just as that blind man had and in the face of opposition, terrifying opposition, because these religious people, they ruled the society. And he knew that if he went with Jesus, if he, if he was faithful to the word of Jesus who'd healed him, faithful to the word of this one whom he sensed was Messiah, the shepherd, he knew that he would be in trouble with and he would break with the Pharisee. And his response was, I will pay the price I'll be faithful to Jesus Um, let's have a look at it anyone who comes in as a thief and a robber you guys, you've not been authorised and there's been no porter announcing the correctness of your entry into God's flock thieves, you're robbers there's one that comes in through the gate and that's the sheep's own shepherd verse 3 the doorkeeper will open up for him and the sheep hear his voice and all through these chapters we've been reading of in the midst of unbelief there have been sheep hearing his voice and we hear Peter saying when all the others went back and they didn't understand what Jesus was saying eat my flesh, drink my blood what's he talking about and at the end of the, the bottom line was when all the multitude in Galilee went back Peter said to whom shall we go he said will you also go back Lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life he was a sheep hearing the voice point one Alright, so there was that. They, they already knew his voice. They'd heard it in Moses. They'd heard it in the scriptures. So that when he appeared and it sounded in their real ears, uh, they responded and said, We know who it is. This is the one who's been speaking in our heart. This is the one who's been calling to us. Jesus had said, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. This is the one who um, has caused us to hunger after what he is, and they, he's ours. You understand? So he, and we've been seeing this, uh, the drawing out 
of his own sheep. Okay, but that's not all. Because when they hear his voice, that's what had been going on. And now we get to the second part of verse 3. This is what's happening historically at that time. He calls his own sheep by name and throws them out. That word there, ek bale, is quite a violent one. It indicates quite a lot of energy. So on the one hand, Jesus doesn't wrestle with them. He simply uses his voice and they recognize it on the other hand there is violence attached there's energy attached to them getting out of the sheepfold the man was uh, excommunicated or the first stage of excommunication he was thrown out and it takes can I suggest by parallel that it takes moral energy for us to leave the spiritual place we find ourselves in when we hear the voice of Jesus and we hear him calling our name there's some violence about it we got to do violence to ourselves Better, we got to cut off some right hands better for you to enter into life halt and maim than to uh, be condemned and still have your hand the thing that was part of us we've got to cut off we've got to say, no I'm going I know it's mixing the pictures a little bit but there's that word he puts forth his own sheep there's some violence attached to it and that, young, that blind man had been expelled with some violence there was some cost but the other thing they didn't just hear his voice now uh, he calls his own sheep they've responded to me they always were mine but now they're proving their mind by, resp- by attaching themselves to me personally for the first time they might have been lovers of light they might have been um, those who are hungering and thirsting after righteousness but if this was the first time in their existence that they began to attach themselves to the person of Jesus what is a Christian? somebody who's attached to Christ Christ. Somebody who worships Christ, for whom Christ is all in all. That's why they're called Christian. And they might have been his sheep, but it was only now that they were proving that in a new way by stepping out and responding to his voice and attaching to him. They're mine. He calls, and you see the progression there? He calls, so we have in verse 3, he calls his own sheep by name. That's more than hearing his voice, isn't it? So I, I kind of hear my voice. I know that I'm come up in front of God. I talk about what our experience might be like today. I know that I'm being confronted with the claims of God. I know that in my inner man, I must leave what I have been. I must leave my surroundings and step out to Him. But it goes, it's a bit later when we discover that, ah, oh, I'm actually belonged to Him. He knows my name. He knows all there is to know about me. He he knows my failures. He knows how I've let him down. He knows what's made me like I am. He knows the things that I have been sinned against in. The things that have um, formed my soul unhappily and readied me for disaster. He knows all that. And he has all the answers. 
He'll bind up that which is broken. He'll strengthen that which was sick. He'll feed the hungry. He'll protect. He knows my name. There's nothing about me he doesn't know. He knows more about me than I know. Brother, sister, he knows more about you than you know. He knows exactly how to minister to you. He knows exactly the formula that will make you a healthy sheep. A soul that's healthily, strongly, properly, happily attached to the Saviour. And I'll tell you what the formula is. It's the same formula for you as it is for me. I'll tell you in a minute. I bet you know already Okay, what the formula is. It doesn't matter who you are, it's the same formula. Uh, he says, I know. Uh, and here's the answer. I know, you've come this way. These people have sinned against you in that way. I know. Here's the formula. Here's the answer. These people have ill-treated you this way. I know. Here's the answer. Let's just get, we'll just take one more step and then we'll go back to the answer. We could do a question and answer thing. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Uh, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He ain't going to leave you. He's not going to leave me in the same spiritual condition, in the same spiritual company that we have been in. No, no, no. I want you attached to me, to be my own peculiar possession. You're mine. I love you. I've called you by your name. You're going to live with me now. Uh, no, no, I want to live with all the other things. They seem so nice. Oh, you're not ready yet. Uh, we got to, We can't have the world and Jesus. We've got to leave the world. We've got to leave our previous uh, efforts at making ourselves satisfied. We've got to leave them all and say, Lord Jesus, you're all in all. There's no other name beside yours. As the apostles said on the day of Pentecost, there is none other name under heaven by which men must be saved. Hmm. So he leads them out. Interestingly, it wasn't very long before the early Christians they met in the temple, but it wasn't very long before they were they had to separate. They were just too different from the Jews. They, you remember Paul? He, he had a vow upon his head, and he went to the temple. And he he shaved his head, and he had a vow upon him. And and so the early Christians were still Jews in the temple, but it wasn't long before they were out. It's a matter of months, really, from these events. He leads them out. Verse 4, when, when, there's a sequence here, after that, when, when he has brought her, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out, when he's brought out all that belong to him, after that, after he's got them all out, so it sounds a bit like he was saying, uh, Charlie, out, uh, Denny, out, Matt, out, and he gets them out by calling them by his name, their names. When he's got them all out, verse 4, when he's brought out all that belong to him, he goes ahead of them. It sounds a bit as if he was in the fold saying, Oh, oh, oh. So that's how they talk in. <laughs> Have you seen them at the sheep trials? That's how they talk, yes. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm sure it doesn't really sound like that. But when he's got them all out, then 
he goes round to the front and he leads them. What does it say? He goes on ahead of them. Now that's a really interesting phrase. The sheep, we'll just read on, then we'll go back to the answer. The same one for all of us. And probably that verse, that phrase, will give you the clue. We're going to have such fun, aren't we? The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. Pharisees, these guys, the reason they're not with you, and the re- because they know it's, your voice is strange. Um, they're not hearing when you speak they're not hearing the voice of God that they've discovered in the book it's not what God says it's not what he's like they won't follow them they run away from him because they don't know the stranger's voice just want finally is it finally? probably um, to have a look at verse 4 when he's brought them out, when he's brought out all that belong to him. Oh Lord, thank you. Grant that you and I should so respond to him, should so constitute ourselves obedient, that it will be those that are one of the all that belong to him. Yeah? Um... He goes on ahead of them. Later on, in chapter 14, we're going to see, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there may you be also. There is that aspect to it, that he did go on ahead of them. He went on ahead, back to the Father, to prepare a place. And when he got to the Father, he sent the Holy Ghost, so that those sheep could be with him, that where I am, there you should be also. So that when the Holy Ghost was sent into the world, those sheep, those disciples, those early Christians were elevated to be in Christ, seated with him. There's that aspect to it. But I just want to think about one other thing. He went before them. Do you remember, let's just read it in John's Gospel, in Luke chapter 9. What is the answer then? He knows, look, we're human beings. We have in our souls the result of sin. We've been brought up in sin. We were born in sin. We were brought up in sin of some kind. By the grace of God we may not have fallen into too gross or depraved a condition. But whatever condition we did fall into, one of the formative influences on us has been our fallen nature. Sin. And what's the answer? Well, he knows how to bind us up. He knows how to bind up what's broken. He knows how to strengthen what's sick. But there's a kind of... And he does that for us. But there's a common solution to our common problem. For us to get unfallen again, purified, to us, for us to become made whole, he says this. Have you got there so far? He went out before us. In Luke chapter 9, we've got exactly that. Have I got the right spot? Not yet. Oh dear. Oh dear. 
Have I made a mistake again? <laughs> I'm looking for. Oh, I wrote it down. I'm looking for that part. I don't want to spoil it. The punchline. <laughs> I may have to because I've got no idea where I wrote it down. Okay, I give up. Um, perhaps I didn't write it down. And why isn't it here? I'm sure I'm not wrong. Why is it I'm so wrong so often? Ah! They were all following him. They'd gone mad to follow him. And he started to pour a bit of cold water on them. He turned around. Oh dear. If any man come after me, they're all following him. If any man wants to follow me, if any man will follow me, he said, if any man will come after me, leave all those sheep. There he was. He went ahead of them. And he turns around and he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So how did Jesus walk? He took up his cross daily. He denied himself daily. That was the essence of his being. He denied himself. I live to do the Father's will. I've come to please the Father. If you want to come after me, you do that too. You deny yourself. You take up your cross daily and follow me. That's the answer to all our sorry condition. That we come after Jesus. That we deny ourselves. We take up our cross daily and follow him. Yes, I know there are, but that's essentially the place of healing. It's obedience to Jesus. It's to walk like him. It's to say, Lord, if it was as you walked, then it's how I must walk. Um, it's a very striking relation between that. He went out ahead of he went on ahead of them. They were to follow him. And we ought to think, well, Lord, if, if we want to follow you, we need to think about what you said. If any man will come after me, if you're willing to, here's the way. Deny yourself. What? Look, the whole of our culture, the whole of the spirit of the age, is a heightened expression of the opposite of that. It's serving yourself. How can I best bless myself? How can I best realize myself? Self-actualization. How can I get the most out of life so that I'm going to be so happy? That's anti-human. It'll end in disaster. You people, you know in just terms of ordinary human relationships that that ends in disaster. In terms of divine things, it ends in disaster. It is the essence of sin. Then it not come after me let him deny himself let him take up his cross daily what? all that stuff that I don't want to do? yes daily what? you mean the thing that I want isn't going to matter anymore? it's not going to count? it's not going to be the determining factor in my life? well I want this oh shut up you spoiled brat Um, (laughs) would, would you let your children speak like that? I want this and I want this deny yourself Take up your cross and come follow me. That's the path of life. Uh, so the healing, that was, that's the panacea, I was going to say. The same answer for all of us. We're all damaged goods, friends. 
we've all suffered the influence of to some extent or other um, life under the influence of the old man and for us to lose the influence the answer is to follow Jesus and for us to follow Jesus includes adopting his poise and spirit Uh, Lord I want to do that which pleases you Things, considerations of self-pleasure considerations of self-pleasing and what I'm getting out of it I'm learning to let it slide Lord it's not about me life is about you the alternative is not life it's anti-human it's death we've got to live for Jesus seek ye first the kingdom of God the Lord Jesus lived to please the Father I do always the things that please the Father now you come and walk like me and that's the answer to our sorry lives you want to be happy it doesn't happen by having consideration for what's going to make me happy it, has, it, it happens by having consideration for what's going to please the Father and then out of that comes life in the next parable in super abundance more abundantly I've come to you but have life and have it more abundantly but it's not the consumerist type of life what can I have that's good make me happy grab, grab, take um, it's the divine life Father I worship you uh, how, shall I, how shall I live today to please you so he's the shepherd let's follow him and let's follow him for real shall we pray for a minute oh Lord Jesus thank you that you don't reject our faltering and our poor understanding but you love us grant Oh Father, understanding to our inner man so that we should see thy things and give ourselves to you. Give ourselves to thy things and Lord, walk in obedience to you. Lord, thank you. We worship you. We thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Thank you for the wonder that you know all about us. And there's no part of our inner man or our outer man that you don't understand. And yet you say quite simply, the answer is to follow me. Lord, we respond to your voice this afternoon. We respond to your calling of our name. Well, thank you that there's nothing that's too complicated for you. Thank you that there's nothing, there's no soul too messed up or too damaged for you not to heal, hallelujah, for you not to bind up and strengthen for you not to give life more abundantly to as you teach us to live to please the Father oh Lord convert us, Lord spirit, soul and body We remember Paul, be ye renewed in the spirit of your mind oh Lord grant that we should be a company of people who are learning to live differently, who are learning to live as Jesus lives. Oh, Father, and may your name thus be made great on the earth. Hallelujah. We bless you, Father. Thank you for your ways. Amen. Amen.